Father God, we always want to remember to thank you for your grace and your mercy. Lord God, we thank you for the privilege that we have to open your word and allow it to speak to us, Lord, to mold and shape us into the men and women that you've called us to be. Lord God, I pray right now that you would speak through your servant with great power, conviction. Let your word come forth and minister to the body, Lord. May you increase while I decrease. In the name of Jesus, let the church say, amen. amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. If you note in your bulletins, you'll see the title of today's message is The Peace of God. Some of you are probably hungry right now thinking about that split pea soup. You know, it's important that I establish the type of peace that we're talking about this morning. Because there's various ways that you could use the word peace. Uh, for example, you may be driving down the street and somebody cuts you off. The two of you get to the stoplight and you start eyeballing one another and you say, What? You want a piece of me? Right? That's one. That's one way to use the word peace. Another way might be it's around the holidays and mom has made that sweet potato pie. And you leave for work that morning and you see that last slice of pie in the refrigerator and you're thinking about it all day. But to your surprise, when you get home and open that refrigerator, it's no longer there. And you yell out, who ate the last piece of pie? Another way might be you're on a certain side of town. I'm not going to say what side of town that is, John Hammond, but you're on a certain side of town and some drama break out and the brother say, I'm going to the trunk to get my peace. You better leave the scene. And you all know what side of town we're talking about. But the peace of God that we're talking about this morning is P-E-A-C-E. And we can kind of define that as an inner calmness, uh, tranquility, uh, just a, a certain confidence in knowing that God is in control. And here's the thing. Everybody's searching for peace. I don't think anybody in this room right now would raise their hand and say, I want drama in my life. Everybody's searching for peace in our neighborhoods, peace in our homes, peace in our marriages, peace with our kids, peace on the job. Everybody's searching for this thing called peace. But you see, a lot of times people are looking for this in the wrong areas. And you see, the pharmaceutical companies have figured this thing out. They're making billions, billions of dollars off of people's search and to possess peace in their life, selling all kind of anxiety medications, antidepressants, all these different things, sleeping pills. The alcohol industry is getting paid, right, Pete? They are getting paid. All because people are trying to forget about their problems and find peace. But I'm here to tell you this morning that if you're searching for peace in any other place than Jesus Christ, you are going to be disappointed. You're going to be disappointed because those forms of peace, whether it be drugs or alcohol, or you might say, hey, if I can accumulate enough money, that'll bring me peace. If I could buy a bigger house, that'll bring me peace. If I could get a, away from that crazy neighbor of mine, that'll bring me peace. Those are only temporary. The only peace that's going to last is through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen? Because, see, if you're looking at it through, uh, and there might be only a few people that understand this in this room right now, and these are the individuals that probably need prayer the most. 
Because if you're looking at peace where you're scratching at your mother's door at 2 o'clock in the morning, talking about, Mama, I, I got a new dance for you, Mama. Give me $5. Now, only a few people here know what I'm talking about. Right, Hope? Right? There's a few people <laughs> that know what I'm talking about. But if you're searching for peace in those areas, you are going to be disappointed. And it's real simple because the Bible refers to, if you turn your Bibles to Isaiah 9, turn to Isaiah 9, and when you get there, say amen. Isaiah 9 says, for a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. Jesus, that's his name. The Prince of Peace. So important. It's obvious that we need to look to him in terms of seeking out peace. In Ephesians 6, it refers to the gospel as being the gospel of peace. Now, as we unpack this thing, I kind of wanted to do it. The, the skip was uh, kind of a segue into how I want to unpack this text this morning. Our main text will come from Philippians chapter 4. And how I want to unpack this thing is in recipe form. I want to give you the recipe this morning in terms of uh, experiencing God's true peace. And seeing when we, if you could turn your Bibles to Philippians 4. Philippians chapter 4. And we'll be looking at, starting at verse 6. But before I get there, there's a certain recipe that you have to follow in terms of experiencing true peace. The first thing, in order for me to experience the peace of God, I first have to have peace with God. Y'all didn't hear me. Y'all didn't hear me. In order to experience the peace of God, I first have to have peace with God. And you see, the Bible tells us uh, uh, that, that we had a sin problem, right? We had this sin problem, and it was a serious problem. Because that sin problem had destined us to spend eternity in hell separated from God. But God, somebody say, but God. <laughs> but God, in his infinite grace and mercy, poured out his son, his love, through his son, Jesus Christ. And as he was nailed to the cross... He was nailed to the cross as his blood was shed. His, our sins were forgiven as a result of what he did on that cross, right? So we needed to understand that we needed a Savior, that we were once enemies of God. Romans 5.10 talks about us being enemies of God, right? So you were, we were at war with God. We were at war. You all didn't know that. Not only were you at war, you were a son and daughter of the devil. Hmm. Y'all didn't know that, did you? He <laughs> said, wait a minute, I don't know Satan like that. Yeah, yes, if you don't know Jesus, you, is, you are on Satan's side. You are part of his family, and you are destined to spend eternity with him. And so we were at war with God, so we needed to make peace, and God provided a provision through his son, Jesus Christ, in order to give us a privilege, an opportunity. You still have to make a choice. You still have to make a choice, Right? to receive Jesus Christ. He, God doesn't just force himself on us. We still have to make a choice, even as a result of what he did. And you know, he wasn't just nailed to the cross and he died, right? It didn't just stop there. He rose three days later. 
we oftentimes overlook that, right? He didn't just die. He rose three days later from the grave. Because as Pastor mentioned on Wednesday, had he just stayed dead, <laughs> he would have just been any old man, right? He would have been just like you and I. But he rose, and we could say, our Savior lives. Amen? Our Savior lives. And so the first thing that we got to understand is we have to have peace with God. And I hope everybody's made that decision to have peace with God. Now I can have the opportunity to have the peace of God. Because, see, here's the thing you got to understand. You can have peace with God and still not have the peace of God. Y'all hear me? Y'all looking kind of baffled out there. Uh, you can have peace with God and still not have the peace of God. But in order to have the peace of God, I first have to have peace with God. Let me, let me, try, to, let me try to explain that a little bit more. Um, think of it this way. Brandon walks in and he says, Dad, I'm going to strike out on my own. It's time for me to leave your residence. It's time I want to do my own thing. I want to get my own job. And I'm going, hey, 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 let's go. He, he, let's, I'm moving him towards the door. Saying, well, hey, go get him, boy. Get out of here. Well, don't you want to know where I'm going? No, I don't. Just get your stuff. Yeah, he's got his suitcases, and I take the suitcases back and give him garbage bags because we own those suitcases. <laughs> when you leave here, you're going to take what you came with. You didn't come with nothing. And so he says, I'm going to strike out on my own. I want to do my own thing. And he goes out and does that, bless his heart. Now, Brandon will always be a savage. But Brandon, at that point, will not have the opportunity to enjoy the benefits of living under the savage household. He won't be able to eat us out of a house at home. He won't be able to take 30-minute showers. He won't be able to play video games most of the day and watch TV. He won't be able to experience the warmth in the Chicago winters. He on his own. He has decided to separate himself. And for us as believers, sometimes we, we move away from God, right? We accept him as and we don't have his experience, his peace, because we're moving away from him. And we move away. And as we move away, God doesn't have the reach to, to force himself on us, and we experience the benefits of it, his benefits of being close and walking with the Savior. So when you move away, you're saying, I'm going to do my own thing. And God said, okay, all right, he's he, he going to let you do your own thing. And so in the same concept, that's how we operate as believers. And that way we can experience the peace of God because we're not walking with God. Doesn't mean that you're not saved. <laughs> and here's the thing. With the peace of God, I have to make a decision every single day. I have to decide. It is a choice, as Randy just said. <laughs> It's a choice. I have to choose to walk in God's peace every day. However, when I make peace with God, that's a one-time decision. That's a one-time decision, and your, your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen? And so we see that as we move, the first ingredient is we have to have peace with God. Now, as we look at the text in Philippians 4, 6, it says, uh, Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. How many of us have had work, laid in the bed worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow at work or at school? I got an exam coming. 
I got all these projects due. How, how many of us have experienced that? In the wee hours of the morning, I'm looking at the ceiling going, Lord, how am I going to get all these things done? God's saying, don't worry about it. I got it. Don't be anxious for anything. It's a, it says nothing. It, it, am I right? What, you, what do your Bible say? It says nothing. So I don't have to fret and worry. Uh, I don't have to have anxiety about anything because God got it. He wouldn't tell us not to do it if he didn't, wasn't going to make provisions for us in that area, right? But we, how often do we obey what he's saying? And we, and we lose sight and we, we're worrying. And here's the thing that I come to, to realize is that me crying and hooping and hollering and worrying and shaking and biting my nails doesn't change the situation. <laughs> I, I still got to pay AT&T. I still got to cover the gas bill. I still got to go to work. And the, my boss ain't going to say, hey, because Brandon's crying. The, the assignment, I'm going I'm to tell him, don't worry about the assignment. No, sir. <laughs> Rent a kill want their money. No. You got to still take care of business. So you, you getting all worked up and wound up doesn't change the situation. So you're just wasting time. And pity party, you're just wasting time. I don't know what that sound is going on. Rain, rain, there it is. All right. But the word says don't be anxious for anything. So that's the second thing we want to put in that, in that pot is don't be anxious for anything. The third thing we want to move to, the text says, but in everything by prayer and supplication. We want to be some praying saints. You want to be praying about everything. That's what the Bible says. The word says, it says, pray about everything. I'm praying about uh, uh, my next move in terms of my career. I'm praying over my family. I'm praying over my finances. I'm praying over other saints. I'm praying over family members that are not saved. I'm praying over the community. I'm, I'm praying for everything. Lord, should I buy this or should I buy that? Lord, should I eat this or should I eat that? I mean, this should, prayer should permeate every area of our lives. You think about it, I said, Lord, I, should, I, should I eat this uh, number one Big Mac uh, meal from Mc, McDonald's? Should I, should I eat that? And the Holy Spirit said, right, it's poison. Why don't you get you a salad? Why don't you get you a salad and uh, some grilled chicken or something like that, something more healthy? I mean, we need to be praying over every aspect of our lives, committed to the Lord. And here's the thing. Um, we want to pray with a certain attitude. So we want to put prayer in that bucket, in that pot. We also want to pray with an attitude of thanksgiving. I know for me, and this is an area that God is working on in me, I can't stand an ungrateful person. Mm, I can't. I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, I, I can't stand an ungrateful person, right? You, you, God is pouring out everything on us daily. How often do we, we thank him for what he's done, what he's doing, and what he's going to do? And the reality is if, if he never lift another finger for you, he's already done too much. He's already done too much. But we all, we, we, we treat God like he's this genie in the sky. 
And Lord, I, I, I need this. Lord, I need that. Why don't you start your prayer saying, Lord, I thank you for what you've done. I thank you for your grace, your mercy, your love. I thank you for my family. I thank you for, for my job. I thank you for my church. I thank you for the things that you're, you're doing. Instead of treating God like he's this genie and we only call on him when we have a need. So he said we need to have an attitude of thanks. So we want to put thanks in that pot. It says, let your request be made known to God. Now here's the thing. God already knows what we need, <laughs> even before we need it. <laughs> we know we need it. He already knows, but he wants to hear from us. He wants to hear from us. He's, you, you know, how many of these other folks can say they God can hear their requests, that they could actually pray to God and he could hear. Buddha, he can't hear nothing. <laughs> Muhammad, he can't hear nothing, right? We could pray to God and have a dialogue and communicate with him, and he's concerned about us, and he wants to hear what's going on with Brandon Savage. He wants to hear what's going on with Doug Johnson, with Hope Craig. He wants to hear what's going on with us. So it says, let our requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. The next thing I want you to put in the pot is don't try to understand God's peace. You can't. I don't care if you have a degree from Harvard and graduate summa cum laude. You ain't going to be able to wrap your mind around the God's peace. You see, and the world won't be able to understand when you get that doctor's report and they say you got stage four cancer and, and you, you walk out of there praising God, they're going to say, what is wrong with that person? But see, what they don't know is that you serve Jehovah Rapha, God our healer. They don't know that. When you're sitting in your, in your, in your room at home and the, the lights are out and depression is kind of creeping in on you and Satan is whispering things in your ear, don't nobody care. Don't nobody care about you. Your family members have deserted you. And you say, Lord, I know you, El Roy, God who sees, Jehovah Shammah. Lord, I'm you there. They don't, the, the world ain't going to understand that. They're not going to understand when you walk into the office and they tell you, uh, this is your last day of working here. And you, and, and thanks for your services. After 20-some-odd years, you're done here. And you go home and there's bills all over the table. And, and folks say, man, what, what's, how can you praise the Lord at times like that? Because we serve Jehovah Jireh, our provider. He's took care of me in the past. He's taking care of me now. And he's going to do the same in the future. We got to hold on. The world is not going to be able to understand that. They're going to think you crazy. <laughs> so how are you going to praise God under those circumstances? They're going to think you out of your mind. And so, but in terms of not trying to even understand it, because we can't just embrace it. <laughs> Say, the Lord got it. He got it. He's got it under control. The text goes on to read, which surpasses all understanding, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. Will guard your hearts and mind through Christ Jesus. You know, that word guard is a military term. And usually the guards were, they were there to protect something, whether it was the soldiers or some type of structure. 
And it's important that we allow the peace of God in that same context to protect our minds and our hearts. Because, see, that's where Satan wants to attack you. Satan wants to get in your, your head. He wants, to, he wants to plant those seeds of doubt in your head. Nobody cares. Where's God? You're going to die. <laughs> you ain't nothing. You're a loser. He's going to plant all those seeds in your head. So it's important that we, the peace of God is there to guard our mind and our hearts. Those are vital organs. Because the scripture says in Proverbs 23, 7, it says, For as a man thinketh, so is he. So as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And so we need to protect our mind and our heart with the peace of God. You know, the, the, I want to give you this one as a bonus. I want to give you this one as a bonus, and this is very important one. You want to stay focused on the Lord at all times and not the circumstances that's going on around you. If you're going to possess the peace of God, you want to stay focused on the Lord at all times and not the circumstances that are going on around you. Isaiah 26.3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace who mind is stayed on you. And you know, I've shared this story uh, uh, a time ago, and it was about the chase run. We used to do these charity runs at Anderson, and I'm not a runner by any means anymore. <laughs> even nowadays, even, even more and more, not more. Um, but I decided to run in this race, and I trained for like two days. I did some push-ups, I did some sit-ups, I ran in place, and I would catch my wife looking at the insurance policy <laughs> to kind of see what the process was. She said, you're going to die out there. I said, I got this. I got it all planned out. I got this. And so what I decided to do, I exaggerated my finish time. And so based on the finish time that you put down, they positioned you in a certain part to start the race. So I exaggerated my finish time, which put me in front with the elite runners. And so we're standing at the front of the line. And so I got my headphones on and I'm getting ready. And so I'm just standing there like this, listening to music and I'm getting ready, and I see the, the other guys, they start stretching. So I start stretching. I said, I look like I belong here. So I start stretching. I saw a guy pull his leg back down like that. I pulled my leg back like that. I saw another guy started rolling in his neck. So I started rolling my neck. He did this, and then one guy started jumping. I started jumping. So I didn't want to look like I didn't belong there. I needed to look like everybody else, right? And it was funny because all the Anderson people were watching me, and they was like, what is that dude doing? He always up to something. And so the race started. The guy said, on your mark, get set, go. He shot the gun. Pow. We took off. And I'm running. And then the pro they started running faster. So I started running faster. So I tried to put it in second gear. It kicked in. Okay, I tried to go to third gear. Something happened. It wouldn't. The clutch popped. Something, it got stuck. 
And the Holy Spirit said, you are about to come see Jesus today. If you don't sit your foolish self down. And I couldn't stop and turn back because there were thousands of people coming behind us. So I'm running. <laughs> and I swear, I said, Lord, I need you right now more than ever before. I need you. My heart was pounding out of my chest. And I could see myself being wheeled out of there, my kids crying and my wife crying. And so what the Holy Spirit said, he said, son, look, pick a point out and focus on that point and stay with that point. And I, I find a street sign and I just I ignored everybody else around me. It was just me and that sign. And I would follow that sign. And when the race would turn, I would find another point, another point. And then I made it to the finish line. I almost died. I came across like there was like people had butcher knives in my back <laughs> as I was coming through. I was so bad. And I tried to play it off because I couldn't let my kids and my wife see me <laughs> struggling. <laughs> oh, I said, you look like you were dying out there. I said, you have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea. But I was able to get through the race because I had to, I had to focus on something. And if you're able to maneuver, do this whole thing called life, and as the things are happening that are out of your control, stay focused on Jesus. God will keep you in perfect peace who mind is stayed on him. Just keep focusing on Jesus. I know in, in this world, there's going to be trouble. If you thought when you got saved that, that everything was going to be peaches and cream, no, you got another thing coming. It's going to be trouble in this world. And, and the only time the trouble is going to stop is till we get to the other side. Then you ain't going to have no trouble. But here on this earth right now, we're going to have to go through it. So don't, don't, don't get caught up in what's happening. Just get excited about what God is doing. And look at it. This is an opportunity for God to show up and show out. When they say you got cancer and say, hey, you know what? That's some serious stuff. But this is an opportunity for God to get the glory. And even, even if he doesn't deliver you from it, as the, as the three boys said, we still not going to serve you, King Nebuchadnezzar, even if uh, God doesn't show up. And he decided that this is his will for me to go through this thing and transition to the other side. I'm still not going to bow down. I'm still going to have a good attitude. I'm still going to praise your name. I'm still going to worship you. Amen? Because we can't change the circumstances, so don't even try. <laughs> Just give it to the Lord. As it said, cast all my cares. Y'all, wait, wait, let me try that again. <laughs> cast all your on who? Because he cares for you. He cares for us. So he said, give it, give it to him. Give it to him. And here's the thing. This is our recipe book right here. This is, our, this is our recipe book. And I promise you, if you follow the recipes in this book, you will have the best tasting food that you ever, ever ate in your life. If you follow the recipe. You see, I... I love my daughters, and they're very talented. They're good bakers. Um, and Kayla's specialty is um, uh, apple pies. She loves to bake apple pies. And there's a certain process that has to 
happen step by step by step. Well, she had a pretty big order, so she decided, decided to hire some of the other family members to help her out in this area. They didn't understand the process. And one of the family members said, how about we substitute this for that? Kayla said, no, sir. She said, uh-uh, that's not how we do it. And she threw the whole pie out. She threw it out. We're not, we're not, uh-uh, uh-uh. It has to be right. We have to, if you want to experience God's word, experience what he wants to do in your life, you have to do it exactly like he's saying do it. You can't be substituting your own stuff up in there. You can't be putting, oh, maybe, Lord, you say pray, but maybe I pray at everything. Maybe I pray just in the morning. Maybe I just pray in the morning. Lord, you say, uh, uh, don't be worried about this or that. And, and, you know, every now and then I could worry a little bit. And and no, God said, Fuck, don't, don't be anxious about anything. Pray about everything. How much more clear do you got to get? It's right there in the word of God. Follow the recipe. And I promise you, you will experience the peace of God. There might be... Uh, some individuals here that have been wrestling in this area, wrestling with a lot of challenges. I think everybody, um, everybody I know pretty much is going through something. It's like, man, I know some of my closest friends, we all going through, and I oftentimes wonder, Lord, what are you doing in the midst of this? But I'm going to trust you. The first thing that we have to establish, as I said, in terms of the ingredient it's important that we establish peace with God. And there might be somebody here today that don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. There might be somebody here today and say, you know what, I want to have peace, uh, the peace of God, but I haven't made peace with God. And I, 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 we would be remiss not to put that out there and saying it's simply saying, Lord, I know that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for my sins. I'm asking for forgiveness. I want you to take lordship over my life. Thank you the fact that he died, but he rose again. Take control of my life. If that's you and you want to pray that prayer, if you pray that you are saved, that is settled. Now we can move to the next stage in terms of saying, hey, how do I get the peace of God? Now that I have peace with God. Some of you might have been wrestling in that area with different things that are going on, and I want to pray for you. I know what Satan wants to do. <clears throat> I know personally what he wants to do. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He's going to do everything in his power to take you out. But here's the thing. If I stay close to God, he can't touch me. He can't touch me. The Bible says, resist the devil and he'll flee. Satan is a coward. He'll flee. He'll flee. Once he sees you sticking with God, I can't, I can't touch him. But it's when we get away from God. Maybe some of us have gotten away from the fundamentals of the word. Some of us have gotten away and allowed circumstances to grab uh, our attention, to take our focus off of him. And if that's you this morning, I want to pray. Uh, for you, as I pray for myself. And there's so much at stake, people. There's so much at stake that generations are impacted 
and our time on this earth, as, as I get older, <laughs> I'm really not realizing that it's short. And I want to be obedient to what God is calling me to do. I want to be obedient. I can't live and, and think about what happened in the past. You could start anew today. You could say, today, I am going to experience the peace of God today, starting today. And if that's you, I want to ask that you stand as we pray. If that's you, you're saying, hey, Lord, I, I need your peace in my life. I need you to move in that area. I don't know how my circumstances are going to turn out. I don't know. Uh, there's some uncertainties on the job. There's some family relationships that need mending. There's, there's issues in our neighborhoods. Everywhere I turn, Lord, there's trouble. I just want to experience your peace. If that's you, I want to pray. Oh, Father, we're so grateful, Lord, how you're so patient with us. <laughs> Even when we uh, drop the ball, so to speak, and we get away from your word, and being obedient to every aspect of your word, Lord. And so I pray right now for each one that's standing, and I stand here too. Lord God, praying that you would cover us through your peace as a result of us being obedient to your word. Lord God, I, I, I pray that uh, we will have a testimony, even going through the challenges in this life, that we will have a testimony and that you would get the glory at the end of the day, that we can say, thank you, Lord, for delivering us through that. Lord, help us to focus on you every day. Help us to focus on you every single day. And let you do your thing in our lives. In the precious name of Jesus, I pray. Let the church say, amen. Amen. upon you I lay all of my burdens down at your feet and any time that I don't know what to do I will cast all my cares upon you Cast them on him. I cast all my cares upon you. I lay all of my burdens down at your feet. And any time that I don't know what to I will cast all my cares upon you. I cast all my cares upon you. I lay all of my burdens down at your feet. And any time 